This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody. Before we get started, we just want to offer a trigger warning for today's episode. It is all based on content that happens within the chapter, but we do spend the first several minutes of the episode talking about sexual assault with Jacob forcing himself onto Bella. So if you'd like to skip past that, go about five minutes into the episode, or we'll see you in next week's episode, where hopefully as little sexual assault happens as possible. Chapter 15. Wager. I stared at him for a long minute, speechless. I could not think of one thing to say to him. As he watched my dumbfounded expression, the seriousness left his face. Okay, he said, grinning. That's all. I'm Julia Argy. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is Hot and Bothered, Twilight and Quarantine. So, Julia, we agreed earlier that we are now going to treat Twilight and Quarantine like Uno. Skip. (laughs) And you have a skip card. And I am happily going to play it for this chapter. So when Julia made that Uno joke, I was like, lady, you have a good job. Like, stop whining about it. We're never going to skip a chapter. But we weren't prepared for how offensive a chapter we were going to come across. And not that the previous ones weren't as offensive or even more offensive, but we like couldn't find a way to joke about the things that happen in this chapter. And so what we are going to do is a 30 second recap of actually what happens in the chapter before Julia gets to play her skip card. So you know why we decided to play skip card on this chapter. So Julia, I will go first in recapping the horrible things that go on in this chapter. Can you count me in? Three, two, one, go. 
So Jacob's like, I love you. And she's like, I'm not interested. And he's like, I'll make you interested and like pins her and kisses her for so long. She tries to like push him away and he won't go away. So she just like goes limp the way that people often do when they're in the middle of traumatic situations. And then when he pulls away, she punches him in the face, but it breaks her hand and he doesn't feel it at all. And he just teases her about it. And then they go home to her house and Charlie teases her about it and like high fives Jacob for assaulting his daughter and dismisses all of her feelings about how it went. I hit 30 seconds. Can you take it from there? Yeah. Yep. I can. On your mark, get set, go. So they call Edward in and at first it's going great. He's like, oh my gosh, how is your hand? And then he's like, never mind. Let's do a testosterone battle. Bella is mine. I'm going to fight for her forever. And then they go to Carlisle's house and everyone's like, oh, I think Bella's going to murder a lot of people because she's so angry and she has such a volatile personality for trying to not get sexually assaulted. Um, She's definitely a murderer. So Carlisle gives her a splint and then she's so worried about how everyone's responded that she thinks she's going to end up being a really scary vampire. Yeah. So there's like physical trauma, psychological trauma and emotional trauma. The trifecta. And so many people laughing at her. I know. A part of my problem with this chapter is the tone is like so humorous. I think we were supposed to find this extremely entertaining and engaging. And it was just terrifying. There's a moment in the chapter. So so Bella punches Jacob after he assaults her. And... There's a moment where you're like, okay, like violence is violence, but like Bella is trying to take control of this situation. And then it's like this comedic thing happens where like her hand is broken, but he's fine. And it's supposed to be like cute that she like tried to stand up for herself and like silly klutzy Bella couldn't even do it. And I was like, nope, this chapter is trash. It was like trash and then it was trash in the garbage disposal and then like it turns the garbage disposal on and then you realize that it won't go down the garbage disposal so you have to clean out the trash and like put it in the trash can. Like that's how trash it is. (laughs) And did we even touch on the fact that Jacob tries to convince Bella that she liked the kiss and kissed him back? No, we did not mention that Jacob pulled the you asked for it defense. Yeah. Not only did she ask for it, but that she enjoyed it. And like Bella saying to her father, I tried to punch him because he kissed me against my will and her father turning to Jacob and saying, good job. That was the moment that I was like, what is this? A disaster. Yeah. Okay, so what we decided to do is do the rest of this episode as if it's a standard episode of Twilight and Quarantine, except we're going to do it about the part of the book we love, what's going on at Forks High School. One Tree Forks. (laughs) So it's prom at Forks High School this week, and we have a lot to say about all of the good and bad things that went down. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much happened. You have to really read between the lines in the book in order to notice all of these things. But we're great readers. Mm -hmm. I was an English major. It's so far between the lines that it's not visible to the human eye. (laughs) But we are more than human. (laughs) Um, So breaking news. So as I saw, one of the main events at Forks High School is that Mike attempted a fascist coup to steal the prom king title for himself. But luckily it was thwarted. I can't believe he tried that. It was embarrassing for him. And I am so glad that he was thwarted. I think if he had won, we would see Mike throughout the rest of his life, like 
really become one of those insufferable white men who just like fails up. And I feel like it's a real learning opportunity for him that he tried this and failed so spectacularly and so publicly. I mean, I think it was very prescient of Stephanie Meyer to write about an attempted and failed coup. Timely, truly. Totally. Really impressive that she was writing about that in the early aughts when I feel like most of that wasn't being covered in the way that it is now. (laughs) What was your breaking news? I mean, I can't believe you didn't do this one, but Lauren and Jessica have come out as a couple and like... I loved their outfits, like Lauren in her little tuxedo with the pink tie, and then Jessica in her pink dress, rainbow flag decorations on their limo. And I just, (laughs) I'm so happy for them. And I love how much Jessica has really stepped into being proud of her identity that she has come into here. Yeah. I mean, long time coming, and I was happy to see it as well. I am not saying that this was in the pages because Stephanie Meyer like believes that any woman with a pixie cut is like probably on the verge of coming out as a lesbian. I don't think it was signposted to us, but I'm like so glad that it's happened. I mean, if the pixie cut was supposed to be foreshadowing, Alice and Bella would be together by now. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. We skipped this chapter, so we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What about a moment of genuine enjoyment for you? One of my favorite genres of any media is the heist. And so I loved the heist scene in this chapter when Tyler belayed down from the rafters of the gymnasium to steal the prom king crown off of Mike's head. It was acrobatic. It was plot wise, very tense. And I was on the edge of my seat, truly. Yeah. And you like didn't see all of the different ways that like. Tyler has been winking at us that he's planning for this through like all these things fell into place Mm -hmm. and watching the high scene. You were like, oh, that's what the bubble gum was for. (laughs) Oh, that's why you needed frosted tips hair. (laughs) I never would have guessed that frosted tips hair doesn't get picked up by lasers. (laughs) It's like so smart of him. I mean, who knew that when he tried to murder Bella in book one, Twilight, by skidding on that ice, that it was really just a long plan to stop Mike's attempted fascist coup. Did you have any moments of genuine enjoyment? Yeah, I mean, we're like crapping on Mike a lot because the fascist coup was really bad. And it was. But I just thought that the social commentary that Stephanie Meyer wrote into it was really complicated and interesting because... Mike is this like really horrible guy who's like trying to steal the prom king crown, but even he knows that homophobia is bad and like hugs his ex-girlfriend on like her big coming out night. And I think that there's just some real nuance here about like how you can be politically evil, but socially good and how we should be questioning like the blurred boundaries of that, but that even the most evil people aren't homophobic. I think that this is just because of when I was raised, like in the 80s and 90s, where homophobia was just so readily accepted. I find any moment like this really touching. So I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, as someone born in the 90s, not raised in the 90s, I don't really have that perspective. So it's nice to hear from an older person on this. Yeah, this is why we should be friends with elders. Intergenerational friendship. I mean, I think it's really great for you that you have such a wonderful mentor in me. So (laughs) That's true. 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Did you have any advice for these people? Yeah, I know we're really picking on Mike in this chapter, but he like tries this fascist coup. And like one of the things that really bothered me about it was that he like thought it would be quote unquote funny that he wore shorts and a fake tuck shirt to prom as his like quote unquote tuxedo. And I just want to say that like I think it's fine to protest expectations through humor and fashion, but I'm just worried that these acts of subversion, like they are actually about him craving attention. And I think that if what he is is like craving love and attention, I don't think that these stunts are going to sustain him or like fill him up. And so my advice to him is to like stop wearing funny outfits unless it's like really well thought through as like an act of like political upheaval and like stop trying to steal prom king, you know, and like just look for love unironically and like look for friendship. I think that these are all cries for help. So what do you think he should have worn to prom? Yeah, I don't want to be prescriptive on what he should have worn. Like I think he should wear something that makes him feel great. And I just don't believe that that tux t-shirt made him feel great. I think he was looking for a certain kind of negative attention because at a certain point, negative attention starts to feel like positive attention just because it's attention. I think this is a real cry for help. This wow. tux t-shirt. Not so much the coup, but the tux t-shirt <laughs> seems to me to be a real cry for help. I hadn't thought about his outfit that much. So you're really shining a light onto the possible motivations for wearing a tux t-shirt to prom. Yeah. Well, I'm here for you. What about you, Julia? What advice do you have? So my advice is to the administrators at Forks High School. I don't believe that prom royalty should be a popularity contest. I think that they should give it to whoever works the hardest for planning the prom and show some appreciation for the good student government that puts in so much effort into making high school the unpleasant experience that it is for everyone. They deserve recognition. That's so interesting, Julia, because I would think that the student government officers would actually have a real problem with becoming royalty. They're like, no, I'm in the House of Commons. I don't believe in the House of Lords. And you're saying reward them by making them king and queen. I don't think that you're like honoring them in a way that they would want to be honored. So I wonder if what you want to do is like help fund their overtaking of the monarchy or like defund the monarchy in their honor. Wow. You know, I hadn't thought of them as such progressive individuals. You know, they seem kind of like straight laced. Like I thought maybe all they would want is like a document of the 
constitution reprint from like Washington DC or something as a little prize. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like a certificate that they can hang <laughs> in their freshman dorm room to show that like they were prom president. Exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't think people run for student government in order to um like create a more equal student body society. Wow, you are so cynical about high school politics. I mean, maybe they're one of the people who get joke elected for being like ice cream at lunch every day. Every person gets a free ice cream. Like if it's one of those people, I would believe they're trying to take down the prom monarchy. But other than that, if they're actually just like trying to be valedictorian and get into college, like I have no hope in their progressive vision for high school. So you would have been an Abby Hoffman fan in the 60s. I don't know who that is. Well, for those of us who were raised in the 60s, (laughs) he was a really big deal for us. (laughs) What's your second piece of advice? My second piece of advice is to the science teacher. It was like really fun to see this character come back. And I think he totally should have invited this woman that he's dating to co-chaperone the prom with him. He's doing a lot of overcompensating and like taking her to really fancy dinners that he can't afford because he's embarrassed by being like, I don't know, an educator of the youth. And I think that it was really silly. And so I think he should apologize to her. And next year, if they are still together, just like dress up and go to the prom. Wow, I'm worried that my next prom doctrine will go against the like romantic ambiance that you're hoping to create between the science teacher and his new girlfriend. I guess my advice to the science teacher is like, don't be ashamed of the fact that you're a teacher in your dating life. Like, teachers are sexy. True. Like, ask your students. Half of them are into you. 100%. Julia, what's your last piece of advice? So the reason I was concerned is because I believe that slow dancing should be eliminated at prom. I don't know who wants to do that. Horny couples. But slow dancing? Like, that's not sexy. They, like, grind against each other. Slowly? Yes, I've chaperoned a prom. People are, like, molesting each other happily with consent on dance floors. And sometimes without consent. But, like, mostly it's just horny teenagers humping with clothes on. Okay, well, actually, this is only better for my piece of advice, which is that there should be a pre-released playlist in advance with only the kind of songs that have like specific dances like that explain themselves about what you should be doing. Cubic shuffle. Exactly. (laughs) Cha-cha slide. I love the cha-cha slide. Cotton Eye Joe. Everybody clap your hands. Everyone can prepare in advance. The shy people will have opportunities to freshen up their moves. Everyone will be far apart and not grinding on each other slowly or quickly. Um, (laughs) And it'll just be a grand old time. That would make prom way more fun than whenever weird stuff sounds like is going on in prom these days. Yeah, I will say as somebody who went to a lot of dances alone, like in high school, it was like just time to sit awkwardly on the bleacher. Well, did you like that rest or do you feel like it should be eliminated just through be eliminated entirely it's like embarrassing to be on the dance floor if you got asked to dance it was like publicly embarrassing and if you're sitting on the bleachers it's embarrassing like it's just embarrassing for everyone yeah it's embarrassing for the teachers to like watch people grind (laughs) it's then embarrassing for the students on monday to be like oh you watched me like dry hump someone in front of everyone like it's just bad it's bad vibes Yeah, well, I'm hoping to make prom an actually enjoyable experience. And I have one last, can I do just like a tidbit? 
to make the like icing on the cake, one could say. Yes, of course. So instead of prom having an entry fee, like a high ticket price, I believe that the entry cost to prom should be a homemade baked good that everyone has to bring. And so that at prom, there is a table just stacked with delicious treats that people can eat during the event. This solves your other problem. Like instead of royalty, have it be a baking contest. Oh, okay. So we don't recognize the student government and instead just have it be a baking contest. Well, the student government's reward can be that they're the judges and that they oh, taste they would everything. Love that. Yeah. And then have instead of prom court, royal court, be have it be like best British baking show, but like at prom. Yeah. They love a power trip, those student government people. They'd love to decide. Give out handshakes as needed. Yeah, they would all be Paul Hollywood. <laughs> I know. And being like, you're welcome. You got to touch my hand. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to do reality TV corner. And this week we're playing Survivor. So who at Forks High Prom, Julia, do you think should be voted off the island? And what do they have to do to get back? So I believe as per the big reveal at the end of the chapter that Mrs. Newton should be sent off the island for her large-scale mastermind plan of Mike taking over the coup. While Mike might be the puppet, Mrs. Newton is the puppet master. This all was a big ploy for marketing for the Newton's Outdoor Store, and it's just pretty morally corrupt for her to try to ruin high school for these people like that. You don't think that it's justifiable what she did? She's like trying to prevent being bought out by a bigger chain. Wow. When you were talking about the moral complexities in this chapter, you know, that really touches on it. Well, anyway, what does she have to do to get back? I think in order to come back, she has to agree to chaperone the next five proms. Oh, that's not five proms. That's nothing. Yeah, I'm a really generous person. I believe people can change. Yeah. Who are you sending off the island? I want to vote all of the limousine companies from Port Angeles off the island of Forks. It's just exploitation of like weird kids' expectations of what prom is supposed to be from the 80s. These are gas guzzlers. They're super dangerous to drive. You know how much I love safety. Like I want to vote big limousine off the island. And so I'm going to really take it out on this like one guy who you wouldn't know it, but he actually owns all the limousine companies in Port Angeles. He owns Ed's limousines and Larry's limousines and like pretends that they're in competition to get the prices down, but it's like a big scam. So I'm voting him off the island and until he starts like a Segway renting company or something much more environmentally friendly, I think he should be gone. Walk to prom, kids. (laughs) When When Vanessa was in high school, she walked uphill both ways to prom. True. (laughs) (laughs) So, Julia, what should we send in a care package to Bella? So I am simply the messenger on this one. I am passing along a postcard um, from the gazebo who sent it to Bella. (laughs) It's a picture of the gazebo and it says, missed you asking to be murdered in this public event. Uh, Wish you were here. I love the idea that the gazebo took a selfie (laughs) and then wrote on its own postcard and then mailed it. No, he the gazebo gave it to me. I'm mailing it. Oh, it doesn't have thumbs. Vanessa, come on. (laughs) Be serious. (laughs) What about you? What are you putting in Bella's care package? 
I'm going to send her a copy of the post-prom Forks High newspaper so she can like see all the beautiful pictures and like see how much she missed. And hopefully it'll make her realize that human life is better than being assaulted and mocked because we know that assault and mockery never happens in human life. I mean, further evidence that Charlie's a zombie or some shit. A human would never treat human dads are perfect. What do you think is going to happen next chapter? Ugh. Well, we're going back to werewolf land and you're out of skip cards. So, okay, but what will happen? (laughs) I'm guessing like someone will belittle Bella's feelings and she'll blame herself. Classic. This has been Twilight in Quarantine, a skip card from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman. The show was conceived of as a beautiful vampire baby by Julia Argy, and I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and I didn't even go to my prom. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by Acast. Thanks, everyone. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com